The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. This episode is brought to you by the Bleeding Old Blood Club with this important message. The Bleeding Old Blood Club believes life doesn't end at 40. Live life. Take that trip. Learn that skill. Get in the pit. Learn to skate or get back on your skateboard. Shred it up once again. Check us out on Facebook, the Bleeding Old Blood Club. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Bob Kulik. Hey, what's up? This is Matt Harvey from Exhumed and Gruesome. You're listening to Radioactive Metal, so turn it up. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a twisted, a horror episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 609, and I'm Snowy White. Dear listeners, this (laughs) is Aaron. Um, I am in desperate need of some corpse paint. And (laughs) if you are new to listening to this show, and you think, why would somebody who's tired want to put on corpse paint and be like a death metal musician, you know, Swedish death metal, death metal of that, black metal, whatever we want to call it at this point. Because remember, guys, I'm tired. But I don't mean that I want to put on corpse paint. I want to eat corpse paint. And if you're thinking that's even weirder, that means that you have not been listening to the show long enough to know that corpse paint is when I brew true cult coffee and I pour it over vanilla ice cream. That, mm. ladies and gentlemen, is what I need right now because I am tired. I could use something a little sweet, and there is nothing that's a better pick me up than corpse paint recipe. So, True Cult Coffee, T R V E K V L T Coffee.com. If you're a first time listener, like literally pause this, go to the website, order some now. If you're like an occasional coffee drinker and you're on the fence, or maybe you're a snobby coffee coffee drinker and you're on the fence, like, ah, 
you know, I don't know if I need that much coffee. Trust me, you need this coffee. I like this coffee. I have friends who are coffee drinkers who like this coffee who are not metalheads. And uh, about, oh shit, two years ago now we did this. Oh Mm. my goodness, dude. So it would have been around this time in 2018, um, I got to try True Call Coffee for the first time. I can't believe we've been in a partnership with those guys for this long. Damn. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and the thing is, like, I just, I love the owner, Sean, and I'm, I'm going to talk about some other stuff with him here, here in a minute. But anyway, so we start coming up with our own recipes for True Call Coffee and different things. So we've got the Canadian Death March, where you put a little bit of maple syrup in your coffee. And we've got the Motorhead, where you put your uh, Jack and Coke in your coffee. And um, I came up with the corpse paint where you just pour a cup of coffee over your ice cream because um, Rock was always saying how he enjoyed coffee flavored ice cream. Like, let's give it a shot. And it was delicious. Mm-hmm. So, so many great things you can do with True Cult Coffee. And the best part about it is not only are you going to get great coffee, but if you subscribe, you're going to get great music from not one band, but two bands every month, right? So mm-hmm. that's why you want to subscribe. And then not only are you going to get those two bands, you're never going to run out of coffee. You're going to be good to go drinking the best fucking coffee there is. You're also supporting a small business, a metalhead, a father, and just your local community, man, your local metal community. And that's really what we need. Like, I don't know anybody's been watching the news this week, but we need more community. We all need to come together and support each other. In these crazy fucking times. Mm. But um, so, Sean at True Call Band. Now, I think you and I have talked about this, and that kind of ends the True Call spot. So, hang on. So, trvkvltcoffee.com. Go there today. Don't miss it. And then, when you're there, check out Embodiment Printing Press. You can find them on Instagram. Um, so, you know how like masks are a big deal depending on where you want to go there, Snowman? Right. So, Mr. Coffee Bean Ocalta himself has a side gig and because of him i've actually been trying to learn photoshop this week and really taking it seriously because i've been trying to learn photoshop since 2012 when i sit down and look at it and um i i am literally like the tortoise and the hare but the hare is like finished like six years ahead of me and i just keep going and eventually i'll catch up but point being um you know sean like I think it was literally two years ago, started teaching himself coding, started teaching himself Photoshop. And in those two years, he's expanded into, into screen printing. Like all this shit I wanted to do when I was like in my like late teens, early 20s, he's figured out in the last couple of years. I'm like, there's no reason why I can't start doing this stuff now. I just need to do it. So he's very inspiring. So with this stuff that he's figured out, and this is, this is why this guy is just is so inspiring to me, he is making custom face masks. Now, you're going to appreciate this one. On Facebook Marketplace, they kept shutting him down, apparently, so he had to start calling them custom people muzzles, <laughs> which I love. I just love the creativity there. But so he's he's printed them custom, and when I found out about this, I'm like, dude, I would like to do one for my mom because my mom is, like, I think, 71, 72. She, mm-hmm. she like, literally... Everything that puts you at a higher risk for COVID-19, she has. And she's been going to her therapy, her cardiotherapy and all that sort of stuff. Because I think I, you know, I I think I I don't think I've been quiet about on the show, but she's been in bad shape probably since Mm -hmm. last September. You know, and then this past December, I was up there a couple of times. And so she's going and she has to wear a mask. 
I'm like, well, do you have any cool masks? And she has friends that have actually made her some custom masks. And when Sean said she can make, or he could make rather, a, a custom mask, I'm like, dude, here's what I want. So he made for my mom MASH 4077 mask. Right? Oh, my God. Isn't that cool? Oh, yes. I knew you'd love it, man. I knew you'd love it. Like, I was really freaking excited with that because I'm like, I'm like, okay, what can I do this different? Because, first of all, I, have we talked about the fact that Kiss has their own custom mask? Well, they custom- did, yeah. Well, that well, totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But what disappoints me with Kiss and their masks is there's three choices. Destroyer. Was it Destroyer, Love Gun, and Unmasked? No. Destroyer, Unmasked, and... Or is it Love Gun? I don't know. And maybe End of the Road. That's it. But if you're Kiss and you're selling a doctor's mask and you have a song called Dr. Love, mm-hmm. why the hell don't you have a mask that says Dr. Love? Calling Dr. Like, this is the biggest. I mean, this band, like, I, they've made fun of themselves in the Kiss Meets Scooby Doo with marketing everything, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, like, they market everything. It's well known they market everything. I cannot believe if you're going to make a mask, like go the extra mile, have fun with it, make it calling Dr. Love. I think the the biggest problem is that you probably like sell more than you could probably produce because so many people, myself included, since they were a kid hearing Dr. Love would want a Dr. Love mask and it'd probably be used more in the bedroom than anywhere else. But that's (laughs) not the point. But the Uh point is that Sean there in in, um, True Cold Coffee is a hell of a guy, a hell of a creative guy. And so he can print up custom masks for you, and that's through his embodiment printing press. Or embodiment printing. It used to be called Junk Drawer Press. He keeps going through changes. But that's where he also like started doing his um, custom pins, and he kind of test market stuff for True Cult through there first. But it's, it's his separate business where he can do things that aren't associated with the True Cult brand and have a little more creative freedom. It's pretty cool. So um, I would recommend that to all of our listeners. If you're looking for a mask, you want to get something cool, um, hit up Sean, man. He's been doing it for a lot of the businesses, a lot of a lot of bands. Like, you know, you'll see the pictures he posts on Instagram. But yes, no, I, I couldn't wait to tell you that I got my mom a custom MASH 407 7th mask, you know? That makes so much sense because most of the time you saw the characters in masks. Yes, in those type of masks. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's because. And I was racking my brain. I'm like, "What would be fun to get for my mom?" You know, because I I almost did like the Cheshire Cat smile because she loves the Cheshire Cat from Disney, and mm-hmm. you know, going back and forth on that sort of stuff. And then um, I'm like, no, because dude, we watched Mash religiously every week. every day, every day we did, yeah, yeah. the and, reruns. Yeah, yeah, well, the reruns especially, but I mean, like we were watching it first run. Like I watched the final episode with my yeah. mom. Oh yeah, you know, and I remember watching that and just, oh, what a show, man! And then we even watched After Mash for a while, but you know, <laughs> you know how like network TV was back then. Once uh-huh. once the show wasn't doing well, it got hard to find because they'd shuffle uh-huh. it around, you know. So uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So sure. what's going on with you up there in the Great White North? Well, up here, um, from the perspective of this show, things are going really good, actually. Yeah, you know, we can't do our action interviews because no one's on tour and all that. But that gives us, you know, the opportunity to explore interviews and 
other in other ways, namely over the phone and over Skype and all that. And it gives us the opportunity to speak to cool artists, you know, that if that are just not coming to Winnipeg, just not coming, you know, to South Carolina and all yeah. that. So now we have the you know, we're getting the opportunity to speak you know with these people that way so i'm pretty excited you know about everything that's um, going to be happening no spoiler okay but yeah you're going to want to tune in for the lack of a better expression <laughs> because we're because we're old men here but <laughs> you're going to want to tune in to radioactive metal over the next month or so because we got a lot of kick-ass stuff um just from just like a health perspective and all that um everyone here is doing fine thank you i know um now this day and age with the, with our interviews and all that i'm what's one of the first questions i'm asking how is everyone doing you know because yeah. that's kind of what you have to do and all that but you know everyone at snowy Mount manor and all that were we're healthy and happy and uh, really can't complain you know up here up here things are with the whole covid and all that things are starting to loosen up a bit you know but now, yeah you know is, is it a political thing up there with whether or not people should or should not open or is ever or is everyone fairly on the same page as far as like yeah let's start opening slowly or what's going on up there well, we have the lowest amount of cases in Canada. So obviously in North America, I, was, I, I would say just by default and all that. So I think we're kind of like, okay, we've, what's the expression? Flatten the curve or whatever. Sure. <laughs> you know, we've, we've, kind of, we've kind of done that. So I guess, you know, the powers that be are kind of a little... Are getting a little more confident and things are starting to starting to loosen up now with okay. my living situation i have to remain vigilant as ever right now so yeah, uh. I, yeah and that that's the hard part right because you want everything to get back i mean when you, if you if you just think about from the perspective of your local community you know we have the local businesses that that cannot stay closed forever or they will be closed forever and you've just got to figure out and balance it and mitigate that risk the best that you can. Um, so I, I am curious because I know here in the States, there's a lot of inter interstate travel and, and a lot more, I think than I even realized until this all came on and, and saw it all shut down. Like, you know, and, and this is going to be partially a joke because I was going to make a joke about, you know, Canadians were prepared for this anyway because your cities are so far apart, you're already socially distanced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but there's some truth to that, to the fact that, like, is there as much interstate, intercity, inter-territory travel as there, like, is here in the States where we've got people constantly going back and forth between different cities and states? Well, not so much in the prairies like where I live because you're right, it's 6 hours between you know, you know, and the closest Canadian city big major center it would be Regina and that's 6 hours. It's 8 hours to Minneapolis and all that, but when you get into the industrial heartland, which is on the east coast, Ottawa is close to Hamilton, which is close to 
Toronto, gotcha. you know, which isn't too far from Montreal and all that. It's very close to what the American East Coast is like. Okay. You know, so yeah, we have we have that distance and that's probably one of the reasons because we are literally socially distant from from everyone else. That's probably one of the reasons why Manitoba has the lowest rate in Canada, which you know, thank, 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 thank the metal gods that yeah. you know for for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad that you guys have been faring well up there. And it's funny, like, you know, because down here, like in South Carolina, we've been doing very well comparatively speaking. I think we've got ten thousand cases overall, um, maybe four hundred deaths total so far, and and you know and and. Well, every death is a tragedy. Like I'm not trying to like lessen that, or, you know, mm-hmm. really, but but it, it's it could be way worse. You know, like it could be a New York, it could be a Chicago, and uh-huh. those are places where people are definitely much more on top of each other. Yeah, you know? see, that's just it. Winnipeg is not a major metropolitan. Yeah, you know, like when I when I when I go to work, you know, with okay, I, I have a little bit different hours. You know, it's not exactly rush hour, yeah. but I'm I'm on Transiton, and I'm the only one on the bus right now, going to and from work and all that. So that that helps. That yeah, helps. see, that's really nice. You know, mm-hmm. and then like something I've been thinking about here is, um, you know, like I said, we've been doing very good in this state. Like I I feel like our our governor. He was probably a little slow to shut things down, but, you know, in hindsight, I'm like, you know what? He probably did the right things knowing what our economy is based on because our economy is based on tourism, right? So shutting things down is really going to be is really going to be a problem. So he was kind of slow to shut things down, but then as soon as he realized that people from these other cities – they were highly infected. We're start, still trying to come down here for spring break. He shut it all down. He's well, just that's like, good. nope. That's... Shut the beaches down. Like, like I think I told you the story where they opened them for like a couple hours and then literally shut it down two or three hours uh-huh. later because like they packed. He's like, um, apparently you guys don't understand what six feet means. Uh-huh. You know, and so so that's you know that's where I'm like, okay, you know, he he handled that pretty well because he was trying to trying to keep it open, trying to do the right thing, but then as soon as he really saw the danger, he's like, okay, I can't trust anybody to do what they need to. Here's what we have to do: we got to step in and legislate. You know, mm-hmm. and you know we've been also starting to slowly open open back up here, and that's been going well. And I mean, my my biggest concern is going to be when these major metropolitan places start vacationing down here again because everyone's going to have cabin fever the travel industry is going to be dying to get people back on a plane and Mm -hmm. they're going to ship them down here with who knows what you know so that will be interesting to see you know if if that peaks back up um and and i was asking about like like the political climate there because as you can imagine this has been everybody's opportunity to um, either support or blame Trump, you know, more than what's normally going on. Like, literally, literally, it is just 
split with mm-hmm. without people either want to support him or burn him at the stake. Oh yeah, you know? I'm. I, and it's not just because of the COVID. It's like his whole term. Well, like, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I mean, the, the COVID has really made it worse because because the thing is, like, man, what was. I was listening to another program, and I I wish I could remember what exactly it was, but basically somebody was trying to somebody was trying it was somebody was basically trying to use it as a political platform to get Trump in trouble for something, and him and like literally everybody there was like, really, you're going to ask that now, you know? Like, and and I can't remember what it was because it was really petty. It was, it was mm-hmm. really petty. It was really stupid. It, it was just, it was the whole, you know, uh, virtue signaling thing. Like, I'm better than you and I can't believe this. And I've I've been pretty vocal that I am not a Trump supporter. Um, but I got to say, you know, for as far as handling this, I don't think he has handled this as bad as everyone thinks he has. I think he's handled it really well. Um, I know the stupid comments I know the, you know, Lysol bleach stuff, but here's the thing, and, and this is the one thing that I've, I've started to realize, is that no politician in the world would ever say the things that Trump says, but you know they're all thinking it, because they're all a bunch of liars. Mm-hmm. You know the the Republicans. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like the one <laughs> the one thing I can say for Trump is at least we're getting the unfiltered whatever's off the top of his mind and like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> you know. So so and I mean and if nothing else, this last four years have been entertaining as hell. That's what I've said right from the start. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Like four years ago, that's the first thing we said. We're like, okay. Like, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be really entertaining, and music's going to get better, and we were not wrong. Like, we've been really, really you know, really entertained this whole time. But I, I'm, and the thing is, I'm probably one of the few people who wasn't a Trump supporter who will say, like, I, I think he's handled this fairly well. Like, he's he's had a lot of concern for the economy, and he comes under fire for that sort of stuff. But the thing is, like, you know, there there's people who are not Trump, who are not on Trump's side, who are saying the same things, you know, and so there there's other experts out there who are like, no, no, like here's here's the 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 the, the risks here. Um, have you heard any of the infectious disease people talk about this stuff? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay. I'm sure I've encountered something at some point. Well, so I got to listen to an interview with Michael Alsterholm on the Joe Rogan podcast. And he works for the Center of Infectious Disease. And he wrote a book on all this sort of stuff. And he literally predicted this. Like, it's it's in his book. It is wow. in his book. And the book was published two years ago. He literally called this. <laughs> and... And and he's and he even said it was going to come from China. And they're asking like, why do you think it's going to come from China? And they're like, well, it's because of the wet markets. Now, do you know what a wet market is? Mm, no. And I'm thinking I should be glad that I don't. But well, I don't know what a wet market it's is. It's not as bad as as it sounds. It can definitely be worse. But like you know, wet goods versus dry goods, right? So like okay. wet, wet goods, like basically like a meat market. But here's what's different mm. about the wet markets in China is that 
it's not just like, you know, you go into like your local grocery store and there's a butcher counter and, you know, you pick out, hey, I want that cut of steak. I want some ground meat. Uh, like literally you go up, you see a live animal and you say, okay, I'd like that animal there. And they take it in the back and butcher it for you. Like okay. that's what's going on in China, right? Now here's the really crazy thing. You can get all kinds of animals that you can't get anywhere else in the world. Like you could buy kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Live. Well, I. That's. I was going to say, like, you can get kangaroo meat in Australia, too. Well, but I mean. But not live. Well, like, but I mean, you could get it live in Australia. But I'm saying, like, I can't get kangaroo meat here in the States, right? They Like, they have more exotic things in one place there, right? And, like, chickens and all that sort of stuff. So, like, the whole bat thing is plausible. But what he was explaining, and this makes so much more sense now, and um, he, he was explaining that how, how this works and why the wet market is transmitted, and this is what happened with SARS back in like the early 2000s, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that also started in China. And basically, he's like, if you take like a crate of chickens and you put them over top of a crate of ferrets, the chickens are going to easily spread whatever virus, disease, cold, flu, whatever it is they have to the ferret. The ferret is a good transport to spread it to humans. So typically, like a chicken to human doesn't work, but a ferret to human will. So what's happening is in these wet markets, you're getting animals together who are not always together. And they can spread the, the viruses and diseases between among themselves, which is now opening up the human vulnerability because it's getting to an animal that can pass it to humans. Right. And so that, okay. that's, that's how the transmission can happen. So, and again, I think, and, and I know there's still, there's still speculation that it was lab created and it's, you know, it, it's, it's weaponized and, you know, there's, and then there's the wet market speculation. But like this guy said, he's like, listen, he's like, I promise you, um, nobody could weaponize a virus like this. Like this is all natural and man-made. And they started talking about all these other viruses, right? And as things went on, and basically like he's saying, he's like, well, you know, we need this one. We need a vaccine. We need a vaccine. We need a vaccine. And the guy's brilliant. He absolutely 100% knows what he's talking about. And before anybody calls me a crazy anti-vaxxer, hear me out. I don't <laughs> yeah, think... Yeah, okay, Karen. Yeah. I, dude, I don't think that the vaccine for humans, and I'm not saying that not to do it, but I don't think that should be our main priority. I think what the problem is, because I mean, like, literally, I just explained and he explained, and I can't even believe for as smart as he is that he didn't see this, but if... The problem is the animals are in poor conditions and getting sick and transmitting these diseases to each other, and then those are mutating, getting worse, and then they transmit it to us. Well, if we're creating a human vaccine, we're winning a race we may or may not win and probably are going to lose eventually. Cause we, because anytime you do vaccine, like flu vaccines, that sort of stuff, the next strain mutates, so the vaccine doesn't work, so you got to figure it out. So you're always playing catch-up, right? But why aren't we focusing on taking care of the animals? There we are. 
you know. There we are. This whole time that we're having this discussion, I got Earth Crisis lyrics going through yes! my head. That, but that's <laughs> just know? it. And, 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 that... I, I, and I, like, okay, I'm not going to get up on my snow box and say this, this, and this, because I eat meat, and I so know I... that I shouldn't. Okay, and this may maybe it's a good thing that not only should I stop, but like the the meat industry doesn't need to exist. So I don't believe that the meat industry doesn't need to exist, but I do believe that it needs an overhaul. But that's a whole other ethical discussion mm-hmm. for another day. Like, and you know who'd be a blast to have in with this one would be um, John Joseph of the Cro-Max because he's, oh, he's a yeah. staunch vegan, and I would love to sit down and talk to him. Because I don't know if you've been following his Instagram through this. This guy, he's, he's, I mean, you know, you talk to him, he's no nonsense and he's, he's fucking on top of this stuff and I'm not going to go vegan. I can, I can tell you guys all that now. Nope. (laughs) No, no, I can't give up cheese. I have have very, I'm not grinning up a hamburger or a good taco meat, you know, but the thing is we need to look at how we're raising these things because uh, and I heard another, I heard a different interview today talking with a restaurant owner who, who you know, has similar philosophies, but he's like, no, 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 we got to take care of the earth and we need sustainable practices and we need to take care of the animals in the way that they're supposed to be. And I mean, you know, if there is one thing that every religion can agree on, whether you're Christian, Wiccan, Buddhist, Jewish, Muslim, there's one thing that everybody agrees on. It's that humans are supposed to take care of the earth, right? I, I feel like I feel like like I feel like I've hit it all, but that's the Should, big common but we thread. Don't. But but I'm saying like that's the common thread between all those religions. Like like, you know, God says the earth is yours to tend and take care of, right? Um, the Wiccan religion, all about like, no, the earth is yours. The earth is the mother. Take care of the earth and the animals and the, and the things within it. Um, you know, Hindu, they, like the sacred cow, like all these sorts of things, right? And they're like all these religions, if they, they can all come back, if they can all agree on that one point, but yet we have all these stupid religious fights. Like, can we all just come back and figure out, okay, how are we going to take care of the earth? Because you're right, Snowy, we're not. And that's really the problem. And I mean, like, like, and again, here's where I start to sound crazy. But again, I've already told you guys I'm tired. And so, like, you know, let me, <laughs> let me have this. But we had a virus that spread faster than anything that nobody saw coming. Well, except this other guy who predicted it two years ago. And, you know, global pandemic that we haven't had in 100 years, we've got, because of that, we've got unprecedented shutdowns, we've got skies clearing up in heavily polluted areas, we've got polluted water clearing up, we've got locusts tearing through India. I don't know if you've seen that news story, but like locusts are wiping out crops in India. Nobody okay. else is catching all the biblical gloom and doom references, which again are what all the major religions can agree on. Like, nobody else is sitting here going, oh shit, maybe we need to start taking care of the earth. Like, you know, I mean, I, I think we've talked about the fact that I've always been a bit of a hippie. 
and I've got my guard mm-hmm. in the back. And did I tell you about Nicholas coming in, coming home from school the one day, like and like literally almost in tears because um, there's not going to be chocolate in twenty or thirty years. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, because like they're talking <laughs> about like the rainforest, and he's like, "Well, what animals are extinct? What animals have become extinct since since I've been alive?" I'm like, "Well, let's go look it up." And we're like, "Dad, I can't believe this!" And he, like the kid was really taking it hard. He's like, well, what do we do? He's like, well, we need to do this. We need. I said, well, let's focus on what we can do. What can we do? And he's like, well, we can start reducing waste. I'm like, okay, great. So what do we already do? He's like, well, we recycle. I'm like, okay, so we recycle more. We use less stuff. I'm like, what else could we do? And then I talked him into, I kind of like led him to composting, right? So like we have all our kitchen scraps, let's compost. So I bought a compost panel that we keep in the kitchen now, and I've got a compost bin out back. And so we're composting our kitchen scraps, and we've got our own um, garden planted again this year, which is killer this year, by the way. I've grown beets, carrots. I've got beans on the way. I've got tomatoes that we've already harvested, but I've got a lot of those coming. I've got peppers coming. Like, we've had a great garden year this year. But I've also already killed some stuff. Like, my squash is, like, suffering. Like, I can't, I, I can't grow squash in the South. Uh, That's a whole uh, other thing. I know, right? I'm just disappointed. But the the whole point of this rant is, like, political shit aside, like, like, no no matter what we're talking about, like, I'm not saying not to take care of the human population, but did anybody think for a second that only focusing on ourselves, because we're the dominant species, is... um, um, it you know is is what's causing the problem. Like, Could very well be. Yeah, you, you ever hear the joke about the um, the Boy Scout, the priest, and the um, and the smartest man in the world? No, no. Okay. okay. Right. So you're gonna enjoy this one. So, Boy Scout, priest, smartest man in the world are in the small plane flying somewhere. And the pilot comes on. He's like, um, listen, we're going down. There's only three shoots. I'm taking one of them. So that means there's two and the three of you got to figure it out. So the pilot jumps off and he's out of there. And so it's the priest, you know, and he's an elderly priest, uh, a boy scout and the smartest man in the world. So the smartest man in the world says, well, I'm the smartest man in the world. I'm the savior of mankind. I've got to save myself and get out of here. So he grabs a parachute, jumps out. And the priest is like, looks at the Boy Scout and says, listen, son, I've lived a very long, full life. I am fine with my fate. You take the last parachute and save yourself. You know, like you're, you're the future. You're, you're you know, the, the, the future of, you know, mankind kind of thing, you know, because you're the, you're the youth. And the Boy Scout says, thank you, Father. But I'll take this parachute, and then you can take this other parachute, because the smartest man in the world just jumped out with my backpack. My <laughs> backpack. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's what's going on when we're like, okay, no, we got to vaccinate. No, really, we need to stop this transmitting from the animals. We need to care of the animals. Like, like I heard about another terrifying thing that's going on, and I think it's starting to make its way up into Canada. It's like... Uh, I can't remember what, something about wasting disease where basically like these deer are getting it and they're just wasting away and it's starting to spread further and further north. But um, 
like we have these horrifying diseases that we can't stop and like take the hint like this is where mm-hmm. we need to focus our focus our whatever you know and i mean like like and and, and again like to, to bring it back full circle like you know your 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 wife's wiccan right mm-hmm. and so you know you guys are well versed in the in the in the wiccan religion and you know we're christians here and really that common thread is still take care of the earth like this is our home this is what we have like like it's your responsibility you know like and i believe and correct me if i'm wrong and maybe you don't know off the top of your head but i believe like the the wiccan the wiccan religion is more where the earth is the mother and in the, in christianity it's more that like we're the stewards of the earth because god provided it that kind of thing to take right. care of it but but like like I, th- I still think the end message is still pretty clear like take care of the place you live that's right yeah that's right so that was a long rant that's okay man that's that's all right that's all right you actually i'm trying to think now last i think the last couple episodes it's just been sky and i yeah so yeah so you with everything that's going on in the world everyone's got different schedules and things they got to do unfortunately our good buddy sky is not joining us tonight because she is off doing some very very necessary r&r not rock and roll this time and all that but yeah so she's uh not with us tonight but it's still going to be a um it's going to be a kick-ass episode we got our old friend matt harvey from gruesome from exune from expulsion from another from a number of bands and of course good friend of the show and that is going to something to we are going to look forward to but for right now we are going to get on with our metal fix we've been very busy this week here's our metal fix well hey bro what you got all right so i couldn't tell you if i've listened to anything metal in the past two or three weeks it has been a fucking whirlwind work has been handing my ass to me with the amount of stuff that's been going on, I was doing some crazy long days. Thankfully, nothing over the weekend, but by the time I get to the end of the week, I couldn't even tell you what's going on. Um, but let's see here. I, I want to talk about some things that we missed. So are you familiar with a band called Racer X? I never had any of their records, but you show me one of their album covers and I'll go, oh yeah, that's Racer X. Well, yeah. you'll absolutely know Racer X because um, Racer X gave us a very, very famous guitarist. And that famous guitarist is none other than one Paul Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Right? Known for being a shredder and went on to be in Mr. Big with Billy Sheehan, you know, big super group kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And in the band, uh, Racer X, I mean, they were they were really, really touted as being like one of the premier speed metal kind of shredder bands, right? Like they were all like the Musicians Institute kind of guys. Uh, Bruce Bouillet was in it, along with Paul Gilbert, Scott Travis on drums, um, and then Mr. Juan Alderette on bass, right? So... Juan went on to be in a band called the Mars Volta. A lot of people are aware of them. He also played with the Scream. 
um, and uh, like a lot of a lot of other people, right? Just a fucker musician. And one of the things that brought Juan back to my attention post Racer X is, and I've talked about this on the show a lot. Like I love effects pedals, love mm-hmm. love effects pedals, right? And so. Juan is just as crazy. He started his own website, Pedals and Effects, was doing his own blog. Because, I mean, and, and again, he's a bass player. There's there's not a lot of bass players who are into effects, stomp boxes, the way that we are, you know. And he, he I can't remember, did he do the record where he did, well, no, no. So I think he had the record at the time, but then Sweetwater just broke it. But I want to say... And, and here's the best part. Like, Sweetwater did this big pedal board chain, and I can't remember how many effects were in it, but they were all effects that were donated by manufacturers they work with. So one sets up this huge pedal board chain. It's like 100 pedals or more, all daisy chained together. They were all his. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, he owned them all. And, and I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. I wonder, like, how far around the house I could get if I tried that. But, so, you know, that's why I've been following one. And about two months ago now, probably, like, like towards, the, towards the end of March, I saw a post from Juan's wife, because I follow her, Tuna Toast, on Instagram as well as him, because um, she does, like, a lot of fun food cooking stuff. And, you know, I, I, I like to eat, I like to cook and try new things. And she was posting how Juan is doing better, and, you know, he was conscious. I'm like, what? Well, January 10th of this year, no, 13th of this year, he was in a bicycle accident. Apparently, Hmm. I I believe he was hit by a car, and he was in a coma for about four weeks. Hmm. Yeah. That totally escaped our notice, and that's on us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, though, like, that was happening when the COVID thing was ramping up. You know, so so he's had to, well, I mean him, but like his wife hasn't been able to go visit because of the COVID. Like she's even been posting videos and updates. I mean, the great yeah. news is he, yeah, he's, he's up moving, but she hasn't been able to go see him. You know, she's like, I have to rely on his team of doctors and all that sort of stuff. Um, like, because I remember like the first thing he posted when he woke up or that she posted when he woke up was... Um, Juan woke up and they were testing him, like his cognitive response kind of thing, right? And they said, you know, name a musical instrument. First thing out of his mouth is bass guitar. We're like, and I started like <laughs> laughing. I'm like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> you know? I'm like, if he would have said piccolo, I'd be like, oh, God, doc, we got to do something. But he said bass guitar, he'll be fine. You know, but I mean, this motherfucker's a trooper because he's no spring chicken now. You know, like how, mm-hmm. however old I am, he's at least five years older than me. Let's look this up. So let's see here. Oh yeah, he's fifty six, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes him what almost eight years older than I am, um, which really isn't a lot when you think about it. But I mean, you know, at the time for when he was playing, it is a lot. So you know, he's no spring chicken to go through this sort of horrific experience and then you know his wife to not be able to to be there like this this has just been horrible and i mean this is only one example think of all the other families going through these everyday things that happen that have been changed because of covid right so Uh you know she's been posting videos of him you know getting better and walking like he 
I think he has taken Anasis's step, and they've got him in other things. So I mean, like he's he's starting to walk again, but you can just tell like the look on his face, like he is still not a hundred percent there. You know, like like and I I don't know I don't I don't think she really said much about brain damage, but I would speculate that there was some brain damage done. Um, but at the same time, I will also say that you know if they've got him moving, they got the motor skills going. Put a bass guitar in his hands, and I have a feeling that that brain damage is going to reverse itself really quickly. And, in a hurry, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because you know I'm a I'm a bass player. I'm saying that because music has been proven to reverse those sorts of things, and especially with him having the the level of musicianship that he has, like that's thankfully that's muscle memory. So when that mm-hmm. muscle memory starts kicking in and then starts getting the synapses to fire in his brain and all that sort of stuff, like there's there's a lady I met, oh man, when I used to go to the NAM shows. And for anyone who doesn't know, NAM is N-A-M-M, the National Association of Music Merchants. So I met this lady who developed this thing. It was, it was like a guitar pick and mounted to an egg shaker. And I can't remember what it's called. I've got it around here somewhere. But it's one of the coolest things because if you're an acoustic guitar player, you could get like a nice rhythmic shake while you're strumming your guitar and it gave you some, you know, different musical things you could do. And I, I remember, you know, looking at this woman and I'm like, how the hell did you ever come up with this idea? She's like, well, I had a horrible brain in- injury, something similar to what was going on, right? And like while she was in recovery, I can't remember if she already played guitar or if she was learning guitar. I think she already played, but she was trying to figure out how to do rhythm stuff. And she started figuring out, you know, trying to hold this guitar pick and then hold the shaker and then, you know, then probably like hot gluing it together and all this sort of stuff. But it was that process of that creation and the music. Because, uh, I mean, talking to her, you would have never known there was any sort of brain injury there at all, right? Like, like mm-hmm. 100% functioning person. And, you know, she's like, this is what pulled me out of it. And then I think it was like years later in an industry magazine, I saw another article with her where they were talking about the fact that like, that's what pulled her out of this, you know, kind of thing. So um, really like, you know, here at Radioactive Metal, our thoughts and prayers go out to the the Juan Alderette family. Like, it's terrible that you've had to go through that and that, you know, your wife has been having to go through it without being able to be by your side. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and for anyone else out there in our community, our metal community, our music community who's suffering these sorts of things, like, man, like, you're not alone. Drop us a line, send us some sort of message. We'll talk back to you, and not in a bad way, but just, you know, <laughs> like, like, like really. not, not the way I normally do. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> not, not like Snowy and I talk back to each other, but like, you know, in a nice way. <laughs> but. But I mean, you know, it's just like all that kind of bullshit that's out there. Like, we've just got to take care of each other, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a fuck of a thing. And then speaking of fuck of a thing, so yesterday at the top of the show, we mentioned this, but we lost one Bob Kulik. Mm-hmm. Right? So Bob Kulik. Why do we know Bob Kulik? Why do you know Bob Kulik? Uh, the name. It's a brother. Not like the way I use it. He's literally a brother of someone that you might be a little more familiar with. Oh, I'm very familiar with his brother, Bruce Kulik, because Bruce Kulik mm. is my all-time favorite Kiss guitarist, which I know so many of you are probably telling me is blasphemy. But um, I think that Bruce was the greatest 
like lead guitarist that Kiss has ever had. You know, I would have preferred to see Bruce in the makeup over Tommy Thayer. Although, like, as as much as I've been in odds with the Tommy Thayer thing, I will definitely, you know, say Tommy weathered a lot, put up with a lot of bullshit, and he's really earned his spot. You know, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't take oh, that yeah. from him. But, um, but Bruce is my favorite. But so, yeah, so Bob played with Meatloaf. He's done all kinds of studio stuff. Apparently, um, according to this one article, he actually auditioned for Kiss literally was the audition before Ace Freely. And oh, wow. In there. But then, irony, on Kiss Alive 2, there is a, um, the fourth album side is all studio cuts, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I never understood why until I was listening to another podcast much, much later explaining that when they did Kiss Alive, they had three albums of material. They had never done a live record. And so they just put out whatever the live show was at the time. Well, with Kiss Alive 2, they were trying to do three, you know, they had three new albums, but they also had all sorts of other old songs that were in the set list. But the Kiss Alive 2 was basically just featuring those last three records. So like Destroyer, Love Gun, Rock and Roll Over, right? Mm-hmm. And they were able to pull those out of the live performances, but that still wasn't enough tracks that they were playing from those albums so they supplemented with the studio stuff well um you know whether ace didn't want to or was just incapacitated um he Uh was not really up to that task so they brought in bob kulik right and they brought in bob a lot bob worked with paul on his studio album and then bob's actually the one who suggested his brother bruce because mm. um, Bob has been bald for as long as I have been aware of Bob. Okay. Like, like since since I've seen Bob, like, and I remember Bob Kulik on the back of Guitar Magazines for, I can't remember which tremolo, it's either Kaler or Floyd Rose, or it could have been a guitar, but I just remember the pose, I remember the guitar, and I remember he's just been bald, as bald can get. And I think he's been bald since somewhere in the 70s, right? Well, unless he gets a wig, he's not playing with Kiss, you know, because they had a very specific image. And I guess um, Bob was the one who who's like, hey, you guys should check out my brother, Bruce. Like he I think he could really give you guys like that boost you're looking for when they're looking for another guitarist. You know, when Mark St. John took ill and um like the story with Bruce is Bruce showed up, played some stuff, and Paul looked at him and says, Don't cut your hair. You know, we'll be in touch, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so yeah. So, I mean, Bob not only played, you know, on Kiss Records, he played on like the Paul Stanley solo records. I believe he's played with Wasp, but he's also had a hell of a run as a producer. Like he's he's been a you know, recording engineer producer. Like he's just he's been involved behind the scenes in so many different, um, just so many so many different things going on there, you know, in the music industry. So it's um, you know, it's 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 just a thing. Like it just sucks. It's like, too bad. Is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I could not believe, like, it really, really blew my mind. Um, it just really blew my mind that, 
uh, you know, that, that he passed because that was just, is really out of left field. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's even worse for you know the Kulik family. Like I mean, I I couldn't imagine trying to be Bruce right now, dealing with that in this time. Because um, I don't know if you follow Bruce on any of the social medias, but like like I I love Bruce Kulik. Like he's just my favorite my my favorite kiss guitarist, and I can never say that enough. But I mean, he's been doing some of the coolest stuff on social media, man. Like he's he features the Kiss Guitar of the Month, where he shows you like a guitar he played at some part in history, and okay. and featuring it and playing licks with it. And him and his wife have been doing old Kiss songs and and other songs and just playing stuff and just having a great time, man. You know, because he plays with Grand Funk Railroad now, and and they're just, they're just doing videos and just really having a great time, just talking, just as down earth as you could be, and. It just sucks that he's got to deal with this, you know. Like, like it's just—I mean, it's awful to lose a family member anytime, but to make it in a time like this where it's so hard to grieve and go hang out with people, like, oh yeah, uh huh. Like it just—oh man, it just sucks. But yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. When the news came across, came across my desk, and it's like I got a little egg on my face here. It's like he performed on. The still not black enough record from Wasp, as you mentioned. Yeah, and it's like, did, did I did I forget this fact, or did I just not know this, or what? It's like because that was a killer record. It's one of those records. Okay, it was after the Wasp heyday. Okay, where they've kind of um, it was the it was after Chris Holmes left and grunge had kicked in and all that bullshit in the early nineties and all that. But Wasp was still doing some killer stuff and still not black enough was one of probably metal's most underrated record because it went under everyone's radar. But so I'm going to recommend that everyone, you know, as soon as you're done listening to this episode, whatever platform, whatever it is you're going to listen to music with, go find wasps still not black enough. It's an amazing record. And I was, I was like, Holy shit. He was on that? Did I forget? Did I not know? Did I not? What? Aaron's going to kill me? Like, what the hell? Yeah. But <laughs> he, he was also on the Crimson Idol, though, too. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think a lot of it is just he was the go-to session guy mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, and and it's it's funny, because, like, even the, the pictures that, that I'm seeing of him now are only for a couple years ago doesn't look any different than he looked on the magazine back in 1985. Wow. You know, but I mean, that's also how long he's been bald. You know, so it just, he looks the same, just looks the same. And just like these recent pictures, I'm like, motherfucker, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, like, and, and I'm, I'm hoping that eventually we get more information as, you know, what causes death and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, Bruce put up a, twi- a a nice post. He's like, listen, he's like, I'm heartbroken that I even have to say this when my brother's passed away. You know, he's with our parents now, and I'm glad, and he's, you know, he's in a better place. He's like, please respect the privacy of the Kulik family during this time of grieving. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, oh, Bruce, man, we, we're, we're here with you. Like, if we, I knew you personally, I'd literally come over and hang. 
I wish I knew you personally, but that's a whole other thing. Because, like I said, he's just he's just so fucking cool, dude. Right on. But yeah. Anyway, so that's really all I got as far as a metal fix, you know, because um, I'm tired and I can't remember anything at this point. <laughs> okay, well, if this is if this is you tired, like holy shit, you've been quite talkative, which is perfect because this is kind of a talk show i know well and we haven't talked in two weeks man it's actually been a while yeah 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 with myself with my mental fix it's actually and i know you guys you know everyone that's ever been on the show with us all likes to rib me about how my metal fixes are always too long i got too much talk about which i always think is a good thing but this week, I've you know I've just been doing other things. I've been elsewhere, so for sure this time my metal fix really isn't going to be that much because I just got a couple things. Starting with j- just today, what I had seen while I was pissing around at Money Job, there is a new ingested video. They're going to be putting out a new album at the end of August. Well, they they made this cool new promo video for the dead seraphic forms. And it's basically one of those quarantine videos where they kind of got all their friends together and post something on Skype and they mixed it all together. Well, this video consists of 38 cameos from various musicians and friends and all that where they would just lip sync with the songs or they would dance to it do bong hits they would do air guitar and all that it was just it was the perfect break from my work day just to sit back and check this video out the new ingested dead seraphic forms comes really well recommended and there was this guy there's guys like matt heafy from trivium trevor strand from black dollar murder pro wrestler eric rowan flow from cryptopsy jason sukoff Ash Pearson from Revocation and Dude. just there's 38 cameos of people just pissing around to this song and it was heartwarming you know it was it was a feel good moment you know like that's just that's the shit that I definitely love so you're going since you're done listening to this go and check that out couple other videos as well for upcoming songs good friends of the show necrot they they're gonna have a new record out at the end of august as well courtesy of tank crimes records um there they they put out a quick a quick video for um stench of decay is i guess the first single whatever you want to call it this day and age that was really nice to see good band even better guys Good to see as well, the end of August, um, Dester's Disavowed are going to be putting out a new record, and they put out a killer lyric video for the Enlightened one. I was digging that as well. But most importantly, new records, new records across my desk, including Sabalba. Now, you're probably immediately thinking um, the dude from Phantom Menace that did the pod race yes thank you i'm like why did, why is that familiar thank you yes that's exactly okay what I'm well i i think this is spelled a little bit different zabalba xi balba um cool 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 hardcore band out of california that i discovered while i was at the uh warren music record shop and all that 
and um, they're putting out a killer new record soon. Um, Anois and Inferno, that came across my desk, and I was cranking that. Really good stuff. I really dig this band. Got a lot of their stuff. And as well, I'm really excited. Uh, I guess when this hits the air, it'll probably be June 5th. The following week, next week, as you are listening to this, the new record from Anonymous drops, La Bestia. Now, Anonymous, we've, we haven't had them on the show before, but uh, we've certainly played their stuff over the year. They're a, um, they're a thrash band out of Quebec, and I like uh, Ninja Cat has brought them in as part of the Manitoba Metal Fest over the years and all that and just ah, we haven't had them on we definitely should have we've been following their career for years now their latest record drops june 12th as i said and what's really cool about it yeah is they're obviously they're french they're french canadian okay okay there's obviously some spanish roots in there somewhere because the album is all in spanish well, that's what I was going to ask about. So when you said La Bestia, I'm like, okay, that sounds yeah. very Spanish. But then you very said they were French-Canadian, yeah. and I'm like, okay, is this French? Yeah, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. So La Bestia <laughs> is Spanish for the beast, and that's a very I metal was thinking, thing. Uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Numero La Bestia. How's that? That was pretty good. <laughs> Not bad, eh? Yeah. Not bad, yeah. eh? Yeah, I know. I know people take one look at me and say, Snowy, you know, he can't be very smart. No one that good looking is smart, too. I mean, you know? it is It is true. Like, typically <laughs> when you're that good looking, like, we're not expecting a lot upstairs. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, but you get something a little a little bit different from me. What you will always get from your cool Uncle yeah. Snowy is some kick-ass tunage. Let's drop a track from that new Sabalba album. Let's go with the title track, Anois and Infernio.
And from the aforementioned anonymous record La Bestia, that I hope I get this one right, this is Sobla Vivro, which I'm hoping I'm somewhere in the ballpark. Sorry, guys. Don't, don't hate me. I do want you guys on radioactive metal very soon. That, that record, La Bestia, is available, well, a week from today as you are listening to this. So, well, don't 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 run to your record store because it probably isn't open. But whatever digital platform that you have to um, resort to right now, be sure to go and check that out. Or hit up the internet and hit your favorite record store up there. And if your favorite record store is not open or shipping, mine certainly is MonsterMusicSC.com. Check them out. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. And while you are doing that, and what comes out today, if you are listening to this on the day of this episode's release, which is June 5th, a really cool record, which is kind of maybe, maybe a long time coming, but there's a really cool split called Twisted Horror. Courtesy of the bands Exhumed and Gruesome. That record drops today, courtesy of Relapse Records. Welcome. Now, oh yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, the reason we are really excited about this particular record is that, you know, we, we love Exhumed. We love Gruesome. Great bands, great music. More importantly, we love the people that are making these wicked tunes. And of course, the main man behind both bands is our old buddy, Matt Harvey. We've had him on the show many times. I remember the very first time I met him and we, ju- we just did an interview and you know we just kind of went about our separate ways. But when I called him up again for another reason to come on, he's like, oh, hell yeah, I'll be on Radioactive Metal. You know, I had such a great time last time, and I was all that, and it's just like, it's now to the point, you know, where, you know, Mr. Harvey and Radioactive Metal, it's not just a business arrangement, it's not just a band interview and all that. This gentleman and all of his bandmates are, are friends of the show. Well, yeah, I would he's take, a regular man. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I would take a bullet for him. Next time he comes on, we should seriously just see if he wants to co-host. And just be like, like, hey, what do you want to talk about? What are the projects you got coming up? And here's some topics. Like, I, I think that'd be a blast because I mean, oh, he's been sure. on enough. You know, like, I think that that'd be that'd be a fun, fun time. It most certainly would. It most certainly would. It's something we're definitely going to look into. And of course, he's got that long. Another really good friend of the show is Mr. Corey Thomas, of course, and um, he's here in you know with with ninja cat productions and a number of bands we've had him on as well many times and mr harvey and mr thomas they have that long running um friendly rivalry about who's been on radioactive metal the most and i think i think i think mr harvey has surpassed mr thomas so i know as soon as this goes to air i'm going to be getting a phone call from Corey saying okay when can i come on we can't have matt surpassing me like this no way <laughs> we should Corey's yeah. another one that by now we should have him come on and co-host too 
uh, as a special guest, yeah. yeah. And just yeah, uh, we really maybe we just. There's so much we can do. Well, yeah, and I mean, just between yeah. the horror, the music, uh, and uh, just, hell, even just just shooting the shit about the whole thing he does with Ninja Cat. I mean, oh he's, for sure, he he's a father of a young child. He's got Ninja Cat. He's got fifty-seven bands. Like mm-hmm. that'd be a blast of an episode. I'd man, I'd be in heaven for that one. For sure, for sure, and he's he he has to put up with my shit. Well, but so do I. So, I mean, him and I will be able to bond on that one. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Well, we all know how much we love the cool tunes that Mr. Harvey produces. So let's drop a track from that cool twisted horror split. Let's go with one of the exhumed songs. This is Rot Your Brain.
First and foremost, I guess the most important thing is, seeing as you've been on the show many times and we have a lot of mutual friends that are going to be listening to this, how is everyone and everything doing in the Harvey family with everything that's going on in the world right now? Everybody's good on my end. Um, you know, my, my family's healthy. My, my friends are healthy. Uh, my buddy Will from Death Angel is recovering from the virus. Uh, so that was a really big piece of good news that came a couple of weeks ago. And um, aside from that, you know, just kind of uh, living in limbo like everybody and, uh, you know, hanging out, staying busy. And uh, I'm out walking my dog right now. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> So it's not, you know, it's not so bad. Right on, right on. Probably the more important question is though, because you're you're in all you're in a bunch of bands and you're always on tour and all that. How is Mrs. Harvey holding up with Matt at home now? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. She went from at the start of this year, you know, I was basically going to be on tour for almost like six months on and off, you know. And she was like, really? Like, you really lined these up, like, back to back to back. It's going to suck. And then I was like, well, you know, hey, you said it was too many tours back to back to back. Be careful what you wish for. Now you're stuck with me all <laughs> the whole year. <laughs> She's coping as well as she can, though, you know. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I know, because I know Mrs. Snowy, she's going to be at the point where she's going to be like, don't you have a show to go to tonight? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, sorry, dear. No, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah, just another, just another night of uh, beer TV and the old lady. What can you do? That's it. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from uh, maybe listening to some cool tunes, which uh, both of your projects have a really cool, uh, a really cool split album out June fifth. Twisted Horror. Okay, now, <laughs> it's, I, I love it. I love that. Like, that's an obvious name, but I think it works really well. Why now, though? Because both bands, you've been doing this for a while. Why Is there a particular whys and wherefores as to why now you're going to do a split with both bands? Well, the idea was, um, you know, before the shit sort of hit the fan, we were almost done booking a U.S. tour for next month with Exhumed and Gruesome. And the tour was going to be called Twisted Horror because Twisted Prayers was the last Gruesome record. Uh, Horror was the last Exhumed record. Uh, the cover has the preacher from Twisted Prayers getting dismembered by Dr. Filthy and this chainsaw that was on the cover of Horror. And essentially it was sort of a, you know, it was going to coincide with the tour and you know, kind of just have something new out to promote. And both bands, obviously, I knew that both bands had songs that were unused that had been kind of, you know, languishing. And right. I, I talked to Relapse, and I thought, you know, this would be a very cool thing to do. And we kind of, this was like February, I guess, we, we recorded everything, and we did it really fast. I mean, I think it went from, like, this is going to be a, a thing to like, here's the master within two weeks, considering that everybody, you know, Exhumed has people in Ohio, uh, Baltimore, Northern California, Central California, and everyone in Gruesome is in Florida, and I'm in California. Like, it was really, it was a pretty uh, intense process to get everything done on time. <laughs> and, you know, of course, now we realize that we didn't necessarily have to rush. But, 
you know, I, then we were kind of faced with the option of, well, since the tour is not happening, do we want to shelve the release? And I just felt like, you know, that was a bit, that was a bit sort of selfish, you know, right now. I, I know that so many people are stuck at home and, you know, they're, when you're stuck at home, what do you do? You watch movies, you listen to tunes, you watch TV. And, you know, so I thought it was kind of important now, maybe more than ever to put some new music out there and, uh, you know, <clears throat> give people something to, to annoy their neighbors with and bang their heads to while they're kind of bored, you know? Right on, right on. That's exactly what I was thinking. This is, this is, <laughs> this is, this record is a happy accident in, in, right. Right on, right on. Um, have you noticed over the past while, like Gerson's been around for a while now, you've had a number of releases. I is there? There's obviously a crossover audience for the two bands. Like there, it's not sure. exactly the same genre, but you must have a lot of the same fans. Yeah, and I think you know, um, obviously, maybe people that were already into Exum might have given the band a shot initially because of my involvement or whatever. Um, there's definitely like, uh, you know, is it a Venn diagram, the little overlapping circles? Is that what that is? Um, there's definitely a, a lot of overlap there, but each band has its own audience that's quite separate as well. Um, like with Exhume, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are maybe more into like the grindcore and punk side that, you know, were like a metal band that it's okay to be into kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And in for, on the gruesome side, there's a lot of people that are into sort of more like professional metal, like, you know, creator and Testament and stuff like that, that maybe exhumed might be a little bit too rough, rough for, but like gruesome, you know? So it's, uh, it would have been a, you know, a great tour of matchup and hopefully it's, uh, hopefully that demographic concept works for the record as well, you know? Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. I imagine you're you're a lot like me. I'm into pretty much all forms of metal and punk, hardcore, grindcore. It's all right. good, and I see that that translates into your music as well. Um, when the when the touring starts and all that, if you can't just the logistics and all that, if you can't like do a pairing on the tour, like do you see like maybe if you go out with Exhumed, maybe doing a couple gruesome tunes just as an encore perhaps <laughs> you know that, that's something that we were actually talking about for the exhumed gruesome tour because between the members of you know of both bands there's so many other sort of projects to to hit on you know whether it's you know possessed and, and love and creation and Durketta on the <clears throat> on the gruesome side or uh you know Impaled noise and deeds of flesh, uh, plus my other bands on the exhumed side. And I was like, you know, is there a way to sort of incorporate that into the show? Uh, you know, like maybe have like a jam session at the end where we kind of play like, hey, like I used to play in Repulsion. Here's a Repulsion tune. Like, hey, Dan plays in Possessed. Here's like a medley of like a Possessed song and then something else kind of, you know. So I'm not sure if that is a good idea, but it seems fun to me. Like, and it's something that I haven't really seen, you know, where it's almost like a, a variety show or whatever. I mean, no, that's a great idea. Yeah. Cause that's, I know that they do those, like, uh, I forget what the tour is called, 
but it's like, you know, a bunch of thrash guys and they sort of play, you know, songs from their bands and then whatever other tunes. And I thought that was kind of a fun idea. And I thought about maybe sort of incorporating something like that into, into, uh, you know, a death metal gig, because I don't think that's really been done before in, you know, in the heavier corner that we sort of inhabit. So uh, I don't know, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely kind of like the idea, like, like you're connected to so many bands, your your members are in bands and all that. Maybe for one day, like one giant Matapalooza concert, where it's just like <laughs> between Repulsion, Possessed, Exhumed, Gruesome, get all of these bands one day, right. one one giant show in LA, like that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be a pretty. That would be a fun. It'd be a really long day, though. <laughs> it would be. It would be for you, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I was honestly thinking before, you know, when we were when we were going to be doing this tour, um, I I got like a 10k trainer app on my phone. I was like, well, I, I'm going to need to get my cardio up for this shit. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm still doing it anyway. You know, I'm like sort of a, a third of the way through, but. Uh, you know, I, I just, I realized, like, oh, I'm going to have to really cut down. I'm going to have to drink, like, six-pack only per day, like, no hard liquor. <laughs> uh, I have to get my cardio up, and every day before the gig, I'm going to have to start, you know, really, like, have some discipline and do some push-ups and stuff. And But anyway, I don't have to do any of that stuff. It's fine. <laughs> I got out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With with all of these members and all you know with in various different bands and all that, do you ever have you ever well, like went to call like Ross and then you actually like from Exhumed and then you accidentally call <laughs> Gus or something? Like, <laughs> and Gus is on the other line, like, dude, it's four in the morning. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> I could I could call happened? both of them. To, I could call both of them if I wanted to talk about. Uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers toys because actually both those guys are like massive G.I. Joe and Transformers collectors. Like Ross has like a whole wall of all his Joes. And every tour that we do, we go toy shopping. He's like, oh, I need more like Cobra men for my terror drum or whatever. And Gus has like a whole room in his apartment. Like his room is like walking into like a 10 year old's room, which is awesome. I mean, I have a bunch of stuff too, so I'm not, no judgment. But those two no. have like a special bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is the rock and roll lifestyle right here. It's not it's it's not hookers and blow. It's GI Joe in horror films. <laughs> hookers and Joe. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, just while I'm thinking of this stuff. Do you are you or do you know of anyone in an assigned established band that are pro wrestling fans? Yeah, the guys, uh, the the Hall brothers from Cannabis Corpse and Phil also plays in Waste and Iron Reagan. Those guys right. are massive wrestling fans. Like they go to like I think Tony, I think Phil got Tony from Waste into it too because I think they went to WrestleMania. And Tom, who plays guitar in my band Pounder. And is now the the carcass second guitar player. He's British and he's a big football fan, but he's been living in the states for a while. And he's like, the only American sport I can get into is pro wrestling. I'm like, I don't know if I would call that a sport, but cool. And like we were when we were recording Death Revenge in Orlando, 
he was in Orlando for WrestleMania and he came by the studio and hung out with us for an afternoon. So I think there's a big, there's a pretty big overlap and that's just off the top of my head, you know? Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Because I've started doing a pro wrestling podcast as well. And one of the oh, things shit. that, one of the things I want to do apart from just interviewing wrestlers, but interviewing musicians as well that are enjoying pro wrestling because my co-hosts are, uh, are both wrestling and heavy music fans and all that. So I thought maybe, you know what, I should start getting some people on the horn that, you know, are yeah, yeah. fans themselves and all that. And I think, yeah, <laughs> I think that would work out great. Thanks for, the, thanks for the tip. Thanks for the tip. Yeah, yeah, happy to help, of course. How about <laughs> an update on some of these bands, like Pounder, like Expulsion? When was the last time you spoke to Matt Olivo? It's been a couple of years. I mean, basically, I, I'm not really doing anything with Expulsion anymore because it, Matt and I work at incredibly different paces, as evidenced right. by, you know, the fact that Glorified came out in 1989. <laughs> it was recorded mm-hmm. in 1986, <laughs> and the Expulsion EP took a couple of years to, to come together. Um, but the thing was, despite the fact that he moves at a sort of a snail's pace, we still ended up having constant scheduling conflicts and they're you know matt was like well i really wanted to do this gig and i think it was in san diego or something and fred from dismember who's now living in new york was in town for some reason and they had been talking and so fred ended up i i don't know exactly if, if he did that show or not but i think that they're going to be working with him from now on on vocals which is awesome and it's just you know i i don't want i i don't want my schedule to hold somebody else back so i don't know exactly mm-hmm. what they're doing but i'm sure it's to be good because i heard some some new material that they were working on and i thought it was really good so i i don't know <laughs> but i saw that last year i saw him last december and you know we hung out and shot the shade and we've been friends for years and that hasn't changed at all um and as far as pounder goes we we have a new ep that we've recorded and we were sort of just starting to shop it around to various labels and then the pandemic started and it was like, well, uh, hmm. <laughs> maybe this is not the best time to be like hitting people up, you know? So I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do with it at this point, but we are, we're demoing some new songs right now. I think we have, you know, the vast majority of, of our second album is written. Um, we're just kind of, you know, we're just looking around to see what makes sense uh, at, at this point, and it's it's one of those things where it's going to be slow going because you know nobody's really doing much right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this whole thing has given me the opportunity because, as you know, the majority of the interviews for Radioactive Metal are what we call action interviews, live at the venue, face to face to face, and all that. Right. And some, yeah, yeah, and because of that, I don't always get to talk to a lot of artists that aren't coming through town and all that. I'm not able to do a lot of phoners, but I'm playing catch right. up here. I'm playing catch up here. So <laughs> we're we're doing the best that we can here and make and making the best out of a bad situation. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's all everybody's doing. That's all you can do, man. For sure, for sure. What's your puppy's name? Uh Astra is is her name. She is a Husky, German Shepherd, Samoyed mix. Um, she's a rescue, and she's mildly crazy, but very cute and very fluffy. 
yeah. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, you're going to see a lot of pictures of her. So Okay. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and finally, um, yeah, she's probably getting a little anxious now. So I'll let you get on here. But um, say, say hi to someone, anyone. Just <laughs> I'm going to say hi to Corey because now that there's no shows happening, I'm almost certain to overtake him in the most That's interviewed right. status. <laughs> That's going to be the silver lining of the pandemic. Is I'm going to fucking are. surpass Corey. <laughs> That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I got you now, though. I got you right where I want you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
If you're not tuned in to The Shining Wizards, listen to what some of our fans have to say about the show. Hey guys, it's the Stallion. And when I'm contemplating suicide, I throw on The Shining Wizards because nothing makes me feel better than knowing I'm not one of these four grown adults, virgin fucking marks, discussing a fake wrestling product. Tune in live every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. East, rantemradio.com. It's The Shining Wizards where it's wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. and gentlemen, the fabulous Pat Boone. April Hi, I'm Pat Boone. I'm really excited that KTEL has put it all together. An album of my greatest hit songs. Oh, 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 Bernadine. It's finally here. A fantastic two-record set of the greatest hits of Pat Boone. Really beautiful memories with great songs like... I lost my baby. Remember this rock and roll great? Pat Boone, internationally renowned superstar, sings his greatest hit. This beautiful two record set is now available exclusively on this TV offer. Send $5.99 for record, $6.99 for tape. Order now and enjoy great songs like. On this album, you'll also hear Friendly Persuasion, I'll Be Home, Remember Your Mind, Mr. Blue, and a lot of other hit songs. I'm really proud to have all these hit songs on this KTEL album. I hope you'll get one. Get Pat Boone's Greatest Hits, a superb two-album stereo collection. Send $5.99 for record, $6.99 for tape.
A charter member from the Mighty Gruesome is, of course, our another good friend of the show. We've got to have her on again soon. One Robin Mason, that is one of her other bands in Durketta from their Obscurities, uh, from their In Death We Meet record that was Obscurities of Darkness. And before that, that's another track from that wicked exhumed a gruesome split with gruesome's a mind decayed and i think i think mr harvey was kind of when he was doing some songwriting okay here's a bad pun but i don't know what it was on his mind when he was writing these songs rot your brain a mind decayed matt is everything all right buddy get a hold of us (laughs) get off it all yeah yeah so yeah today Today, as you hear this, run, don't walk. Go and check out Twisted Horror. Definitely a, um, like I said at the beginning of the interview, before we before we kicked into it, actually, a, a split that's a long time coming. You know, like, it stands to reason both bands are on the same label and all that. Why not? Why not? And of course, we had to get into it with the interview. What? How do? You, what's you? Your thing huh. with splits? Do you? Do you care either way? Like, is it? Is it a good thing? A bad? Indifferent? It depends on how I feel about both bands. Like, right? It. it I mean, it's literally. It's like a fifty-fifty. Like, if if they're two awesome bands, you could get two collections of great rare things, um, or you could get like something that's half good. Or it might be all bad, you know. But I'll tell I'll tell you my favorite split, and you're just totally gonna roll your eyes at me. But it was Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley, two great guitars. Oh wow, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and I found it completely on accident. My very first trip to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Um, because they, they used to have like a CD record kind of shop there and they were mostly featuring, um, you know, the artists who were in the rock and roll hall of fame at the time and which made, you know, made it small manageable. And I go in there and I see this, I'm like, how the fuck? Cause I mean, I, I, I think it's been pretty well documented. I am an insane fan of Chuck Berry to the point where, you know, my dad and I had an argument over Elvis being the king of rock and roll. And I told him that, no, it was Chuck Berry. You know, because that, that was my child brain being like, no, he's way better. How can Elvis be the king? You know, not understanding everything that had gone on. But, um, yeah, so, like, Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley had, had a split. And it's all instrumental. It is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you should check it out. So that's yes, one of those ones where I didn't where even I'm know like, that existed. Oh, that's dude. awesome. It's so good. And I think you can actually stream it now. It's on Spotify. Um, I have it on CD. I look for it on vinyl every now and then. But um, it's so rare. And since both artists have passed away, it's, it's gotten pretty pricey uh, to find on vinyl. But I, you know, maybe someday I'll still pick it up. But it, it's got an awesome cover. It's got this badass, like, cool classic car. And then Chuck's guitar and Bo's guitar in the car. Like, it's, it's so fucking rock and roll. It's not even funny. Um but yeah, that's probably one of my favorite splits. Um, other than like when like the used in my chemical romance did that um what the fuck did they do? They got together and they did uh, under pressure. Do you remember when they did that cover? No, no. But 
that's, uh, that's so got many, my attention. Uh, well, so many people were were split. No pun intended on that one. Um, but it, I I really think that they nailed it. You know, and but I mean, you have like the Queen purist and the David Bowie purist, but. Like, I I really think that my chem and the used fucking nailed that cover, like I really do. So that's, that's another good one to check out. Well, you can't screw up a good song. The song's oh, great. You oh, you can. Up. Oh, absolutely, you can. <laughs> um, I, I I'm trying to trying to think of thing of some. I feel like Marilyn Manson did it because um, he had a great cover. And then he did one where I'm like, what the fuck were you thinking of here? Which which are we talking about? Um, I'm trying to remember because uh, there's there is some cover that that he did or was it him? I feel I feel like it was him where because because he had done um, what was the big cover that he was? Well, it was for? it was the was sweet, sweet dreams that put him on the map. Yeah, but then I think did he try to do personal Jesus? Did yeah, yeah, and he also did no. Was it? Yeah, it was Matt. Matt did personal Jesus, and he did um, tainted love for the uh, not a not another teen movie soundtrack. Okay. So, tainted, which I love that tainted yeah. love was genius. I think it's personal genius, personal Jesus. Where I was like, dude, you didn't do anything to it. Not like, really. No, tainted love was brilliant. Like, like, like I don't, I don't think the original is as good as what he did. Oh, it's not. You know, You're right. <laughs> and I and I love the original. Like I've loved the original since the moment I heard it. Mm-hmm. And his version was like, holy fuck. For like, sure. What in the world are you doing here? You know? But um, yeah, there's been some really shitty covers. Uh, there, you know what? Has. Honestly, almost every cover of Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good sucks. Almost all of them. I've really honestly I've only heard one. And you know which one? Which one? Which with priests? Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah like, like that's it. that's the only one. Yeah, and I was uh, so disappointed because like with Judas Priest, I'm like, okay, these guys are a rock and roll band. This should be good. Yeah, no, didn't like their version. Um, I don't like the Peter Tosh version. Um, the only version I have liked of Johnny B. Good cover version was the Grateful Dead. Oh, you have my attention with that. Uh, that Grateful, might not be that dude, bad. The Grateful Dead did a killer fucking version of Johnny B. Good. And honestly, that's not a band I would have expected to do no, a, no, a good no. version of it. You know? Like, like I, I, I would not have thought, oh, yeah, the Grateful Dead, they're going to rock this out. Nope. Nope. You knocked me over with a feather on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like, and again, it's because, like, Johnny B. Good was, like, my... Uh, introduction to Chuck Berry and I love Chuck Berry with all my being like you really got to do something to that song like it's you're like you're gonna have to really pay it tribute or whatever and just man people just pretty much um fuck it up every time they do it did Marty fuck it up <sighs> I actually just watched back to the future last week it's so funny you say that because I watched all three because they were all on Netflix and right. I just yeah. I binge watch them when I was working on stuff because I was doing a bunch of mindless stuff and I just I'm like okay I need something to keep my mind going because it was just repetitive bullshit I was doing um, and so I'm like oh I'm going to put these on and I, I think I like the playing I just don't like the vocals fair enough <laughs> you know on that one like, like I feel like the guitar work was pretty good but, but like the vocals could have been way better 
Yeah. Right now, all of our listeners are going like, Snowy, how many lemmies have you had? You're talking about fucking Marty McFly right now. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you've had enough. Like, we could talk about Marty McFly all fucking night, <laughs> oh, that, man. That's right. The DeLorean? Right. Come on. There we are. There we are. Just, just quickly before we get into our Andy spotlight, I'm going to recommend another Exhumed split. They're one with Iron Reagan. That, that was really cool. I know we've played tracks from both of those. And as well, the Toxic Waste split with Municipal Waste and Toxic Holocaust. Man, when I was doing the War on Music shop, yeah. man, I... on Albert Street, www.waronmusic.com. <laughs> that's right. That, that That's the one. We sold a shit ton of that split on vinyl, and it still remains a favorite of mine today. Fortunately, though... When it comes to stuff like this, um, tonight's Indie Spotlight doesn't have to split nothing, doesn't have to share the spotlight with anyone because they are kick-ass. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Making our way to New Jersey. Big shout out to the boys at the Shining Wizards podcast. These cats are kind of coming from your area. Like, you know me. I love both metal, hardcore, punk. It's all good. And when you kind of mix them up together and make one big, you know, really cool, cool sound, I can get behind that. So I've gotten this week behind. Okay, hang on. Like I, I can't let this go because it's too funny. You know me. I like both hardcore metal and punk. That's three things. Yes. Oh yeah, but you, I'm so <laughs> I'm so used to seeing hardcore slash or punk slash hardcore as one thing. I know, but then you here's know? here's why I'm really <laughs> laughing. In the Blues Brothers movie, they were like, "So what kind of music do you normally have here?" Oh, we have both kinds, country and western. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing you doing right now. Uh, What kind of music do you listen to, Snowy? Both kinds, hardcore and punk. (laughs) This is just me that's been reading music magazines for 40 years. Oh, okay. I I just see hardcore and punk together. It's it's all one word, hardcore slash punk. I know. It's so funny. It's all one word. Well, we are certainly in we are certainly entertaining the cool dudes from paralysis really wicked record um mob justice came across my desk and that too as we speak may 29th that drops today so when you're listening to this it'll already be a week old but make sure you go out and Check it out. Really, really cool. A crossover thrash in tonight's indie spotlight. This is Paralysis with Cut Short. Black, broken, 
Dude, sometimes like words just aren't aren't words. Okay, you're familiar with Dennis Leary's asshole, right? I love that song. It brings okay, me to so, tears. Okay, he has this one line where he goes, "I got two words for you: nuclear fucking weapons." <laughs> I not once ever called him out on that. Like fucking, it just it's not a word when used in that context. But see, is it not a word, or is he purposely trying to be funny there? Because. No, I think it's just it's just not a word when you're in that contest. But see, I see. I think he's trying to be funny because we were doing a team event this week at work, and the one team had seven people, and I told him it'd be way funnier if they called themselves six or eight rather than just call themselves seven. You know? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But then you're gonna love this one. So, new Scooby Doo movies out, and we'll we'll circle back to that one. But that influenced the name of my team. My team was the Blue Fire. No, was it the Blue Fire Breathing Rubber Falcons? Was that what we came up with? Okay. Well, I originally wanted um, meat eating vegan death squad, but that was a little too intense for everybody. <laughs> um, but it I'll but it was that. suggested, and then my my co co worker um, and dear friend, she's like, "Well, wow, I was just thinking about fire breathing rubber duckies." And then because of the new Scooby-Doo movie, I said, well, I've got the Blue Falcons on my mind. Because in the new Scooby-Doo movie, just called Scoob, um, it's basically like a reboot. And if you grew up with a Saturday morning like I did, you grew up with Scooby-Doo. You grew up with the Laugh Olympics. Oh, fuck. The Wacky Races. (laughs) Dick Dastardly. um, The the Perilous. What? The Penelope Pit Stop. um, and, and Captain Caveman and Jabber Jaws and Speed Buggy, you know. So in this new Scooby-Doo movie, I could not have been more excited to see them introduce Blue Falcon right up and just have, you know, and they're, and they're showing Shaggy and Scooby just fans of the Blue Falcon, right? Well, the Blue Falcon okay. and Dino Mutt are actually in the movie as characters. Wow. I'm like, oh, this is great. Uh. And Marky Mark's playing the Blue Falcon. It's really dude, but here's the best part. So, like, he's talking about, he's like, Yeah, he's like, and if you sign up, you'll get this gift pack. And it has my dad's um audio biography or or his autobiography, No Falcon Around. (laughs) And then he's like, And then I have my lighthearted um biography, Just Falcon Around. And my kids are like, why are you laughing? I'm like, yeah, my kids are only like eight and ten. I'm like, ah, never mind. Yeah. It's one of those, I'll I'll tell you when you're older. Yeah, exactly. But then they talk about dropping F-bombs and meaning a falcon bomb. But like, Shaggy's like, Blue Falcon, you've got to drop an F-bomb. He goes, what? This is only PG. (laughs) He's like, no, the falcon bomb. Dude. And then Captain Caveman's in it. Oh, um, right, all right. Oh, dude, it oh, it was. I know, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Oh. It's, dude, it's it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like my kid, I it's and this is one of those ones that's been a slow burn for my kids because like they watched it and I think they kind of liked it, but then it's like the more they watch it, the more they like it. You know, like I I'm really enjoying it, but it's pretty good. Right on. Right it's some on. funny shit. So we should probably save that for last because what I want to talk about now is not funny shit. And um, so at the time this episode airs, there is going to be um, probably like at least a week since this happened. But so in Minneapolis, George Floyd um, died at the hands of some police officers. And 
I'm not going to get into the political stuff of it. Look it up. Make your opinions. Make your thoughts. Um, my opinion, it was very unwarranted. Look at the things that I've seen. And I would hope that... I And I just... I don't even understand how anybody could be saying, I can't breathe. I can't do this. That any human wouldn't have the compassion to readjust or whatever. Because... Whole other thing. Anyway... Mm -hmm. Um, that's sparked a lot of other things. There's looting, there's rioting, all that sort of stuff. And for everyone who's like trying to now be like, oh, well, you know, they're just being violent or animals or criminals or whatever you want to say. Like, um, when's the last time you had to deal with that kind of stress and feel like you were hunted? How would you react? You know, Mm -hmm. those are my thoughts, but to that, um, being that the music community has always been slightly different and slightly left to center in the way that everybody thinks, um, there's a band from Pittsburgh called Anti-Flag, very political band. Um, and Chris Number 2 and a uh, company called Abominable Pedals um, came up with a pedal they were putting out anyway. Um, I think it was already kind of coming up. They've been working with it. And it's called uh, Fuck White Supremacy. And, um, and it was, you know, a, a partnership with Anti-Flag and Abominable, and I think it's pretty cool. And um, so in light of everything that's going on for the um, for, for the George Floyd uh, murder, essentially, that, that happened, all money, and this is where I'm really impressed, because this guy is a small business, and I, I follow him all the time, and he's had some other things go on, and... A small business and a pedal maker, he's not making a lot of money anyway, guys. Like, like, this is a labor of love. These parts are expensive. And where the real cost comes in is the time it takes him to assemble it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so for those of you that are used to cheap electronics, keep in mind that those cheap electronics are coming from other countries where people are being paid pennies to build them for you. Slave so, labor, basically. Yeah, essentially, right? So this guy is building these things himself and putting this time in and he's going to donate all the money, not just not just the profits. Like he's like parts, labor, every penny is going to be donated to those in need from the George Floyd thing. So check out Abominable Pedals on Instagram. You can get his link from there. You can see the things I'm talking about. Um, and I, I don't want to get too political about this, but like, listen, guys. I've had a lot of run-ins with the cops and it's, you know, and I'm white and it's hard for other people to, to even think that that's possible. But when you're in an all white community, um, it's, it's kind of whoever's different, right? So being a long haired metalhead, um, I was the target, you know, and, and Social prejudice. Yeah. Like, like so I was mm-hmm. the target. I mean, like, I was singled out at school. I was singled out all the time. Like, I will never forget having to be in the office because I was speaking up or I was talking back or I wasn't putting up with the bullshit that they fed me. I was questioning the answers. And they're like, well, you must be on drugs. We need to talk about this. And I was sober as a fucking judge. And all the guys who are preppy and dressed real nice and short hair, those were the motherfuckers selling. Uh-huh. And they were the people that the counselors thought were wonderful and model students. So it's just like, uh-huh. could could you be dumber? But, but I mean, that's... The, the, and, 
And growing up with that is why I can't even understand why anybody in my generation believes any fucking politician. Because all the politicians are are the same motherfuckers I grew up with in high school that were the, oh, well, this person looks looks like a fine, upstanding citizen, so he must be okay, and you look like trouble, so you must be trouble. And whether, no matter what side of that equation you were on, like, let's fast forward 30 years, and I want you to think about that equation, and even if you were on the side where you were the guy who was actually causing trouble but getting passed by because you looked respectable... Think about that for a second and think about our political climate before you fucking vote for anybody, right? So take the time to talk to people, take the time to figure out what's going on before you react and go overboard any of this stuff. Like just fucking reach out and talk to somebody, man. Like I I can't tell you how many times I've had bad run-ins with the police. Have I ever told you the middle middle finger story when I flipped off a cop? (sighs) No, but I think I want to hear it. Now. Uh, yeah, let, let's 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 do this one, right? So, <clears throat> I'm driving home one night with one of my buddies, and mind you, like I've I'm the long-haired hippie guy, like I, my hair's down the middle of my back, and um, we're we're driving down the highway, and this car just comes flying up on my tail. I mean, like literally just flying up, and you know, and I'm like, what kind of asshole is this? Like, just right up on my tail, and it goes right around me in the last second. So as he passes me, I put up my middle finger. I'm like, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker jams on his brakes. Obviously, he saw me. Gets back behind me. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, hmm, wonder how many are in the car and what the fuck's going to happen next? Because my buddy who's with me is shorter than I am. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to get our asses kicked if there's a lot of guys, right? Well, after that, he puts on flashing lights. I'm like, oh, motherfucker, I just slipped off a cop. And so he pulls me over and he's like, um, you know, comes up to the window. He's like, you know why you pulled me over? I'm like, no. He's like, well, why did you flip me off? I said, why were you driving like a jerk? There you go. And and my buddy is like ghost white, right? <laughs> like he's like, oh, my God what the fuck we're dead we're dead right you know and 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 keep in mind like for everybody the cops white we're both white right like like this is just what i what i want to you know Uh why i don't like police but i have long hair right now thankfully my buddy had shorter hair like maybe a little bit of a mullet but he was definitely more respectable than i was you know in in the eyes of society at least at that time and um (laughs) so and, and this is also, this, this story has a moral to it, which is always tell your parents the truth and be proactive about it because I didn't. And the, here's why it bit me in the ass. But um, so the, the cop and I are having our exchange. She's, well, I was on my way to, um, I, I was on, on, you know, on my way to a crime scene. I'm like, well, why weren't your lights on? Well, I didn't have time to put them on. I'm like, well, you did when you pulled me over, you know? So let's just think about this for a minute, everybody. You're a police officer. You're on your way to a crime scene, but you don't have your lights on. That's bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, so you're driving like a dick, which means you're abusing your power, right? Because you just think you can. And then when somebody offends you, now you put on your lights. So you're on your way to a crime scene, but you have time to pull over somebody who flipped you off. 
Let's uh-huh. think about that for That's... a second. Somebody wow. is dying. Somebody has been robbed. Somebody's property has been destroyed. But what's more important than helping that person is taking care of your own ego because somebody gave you the middle finger. The finger. Wow. That's... Let's just absorb all that, right? Uh-huh. So the guy <laughs> ends up letting us go. He doesn't give me a ticket because he sees my name on the license and he knows my dad and apparently have my dad's home phone number. Um, so I drop my buddy off. I go home and I'm just waiting. He calls, talks to my dad. My dad gets off the phone, lights me up. I'm like, dad, let me explain. And I told my dad the whole story and my dad just looks at me because you could just tell in my dad's face that apparently that guy had done that sort of shit before. Yeah. And he's like, you should have fucking told me that because I would have lit him up. And the thing is, my dad would have. <laughs> like, my, I mean, my, my dad would have would have been like, listen, do I need to call your boss and explain what you just did tonight? You know, and and so this is the thing. Like, I was scared. Right. I, I was scared to say to say anything. So I'm like, motherfucker, this is the police. Right. Because like. You know, I mean, and, and this is the hard thing for, for for anybody else to realize, but like, I'm white, I'm scared of the cops because I don't trust them to do the right thing because of all the experiences I've had with them. So mm-hmm. imagine if you are a minority that, you know, has unfortunately been taking so many leeways with. I mean, like back to the vaccine thing we talked about earlier, like, one one of the major reasons now that I really worry about vaccines, you know, before anyone goes, well, you nutso anti-vaxxer. Did you ever hear about the Tuskegee thing? Let me look this up real quick so I get this right. Do you know what I'm talking about with the Tuskegee vaccine? No, no, I guess not. Here it is. Okay, it was called the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So keep in mind, in... Um, in 1939, World War II starts. Hitler starts rounding up all the Jews. We start. Um, we we you know he oh, we don't start. He starts experimenting on Jews, right? So that's mm-hmm. why we have Slayer songs like Angel of Death Angel because of Death, it's yeah. talking about the doctor at Auschwitz that essentially performed surgery without anesthesia and all sorts of other medical experiments on living human subjects without any sort of consent, right? And so we fought World War II over that. And as a world, we decided, hey, that's a bad idea, right? Mm -hmm. So from 1932, approximately seven years before World War II officially started, right, to 1972, approximately a 40-year window, um, there was a study conducted by the United States Public Health Service And we were supposed to observe the natural history of untreated syphilis. What they did is they took a bunch of African-American men and told them they were receiving free health care from the United States and injected syphilis into them and didn't tell them. Right now. How like 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 how how can you expect me to trust anybody with any kind of vaccine? When for 40 years, somebody thought it was a good idea to give untreated syphilis to a minority population. Mm-hmm. 40 fucking years. While we fought a war during that time because we said, no, it's bad to treat people like that. For sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. Like, that's really? gross. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. And it's one of those things where it's like, 
like how many how many fucking times do we have to do stupid shit to each other and have a government sanction stuff before people start just waking up and being like, come on, let's be kind, you know, like, I, like, and, and it's, and, and, and there's so many things that are dividing us, but there's so many things that could bring us together if we could just oh, have a few minutes to talk. But anyway, so like, like, it's that kind of shit. It's that abuse of power. It's the the cop who t- tries to tell me that, you know, he was on his way to a to a crime scene, but still had the time to pull me over because my middle finger offended him. Like, yeah. like let's yeah. just think about, you know, a crime scene where somebody has, has like, let's say it was an accident scene where somebody's hurt. So somebody is sitting, you know, with a broken leg waiting for a cop to direct traffic. But my middle finger was more important than somebody with a broken leg or somebody who got shot or somebody whose house has been broken into. I, I don't know about you, but on a scale of one to 10, I feel like those things are definitely rating higher than my middle finger. I think so. <laughs> you know, so, so that, and I mean, and that's only like one incident I have at the place now. And, and and I also want to make very clear that I'm not trying to tell you guys that I was also straight and narrow and never got in trouble. Because, of course, I was nefarious. I was a fucking teenager. We're teenagers. Yeah, you know? I remember the 80s. <laughs> but, but, it, but that particular time, I wasn't. And I can't remember if we talked about the time where one of my buddies was crawling through the woods running from the cops. That's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but, again, we were all white in that one, too. Um, like like every every last one of us. You know, so, I mean, I've, I've had uh, lots of run-ins with the cops. And, and the thing is, like, if I've done it, I'll be the first person to tell you, like, even when I'm speeding, yeah, I was speeding. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, but, you know, for, like, the middle, I mean, even the middle finger, like, I didn't deny it. I mean, like, I, I wasn't like, oh, I was scratching my hand or, no, I, yeah. was, I was waving. <laughs> like, like, you just misunderstood it. Like, no, yeah, I flipped you off. Yeah. You were driving like a dick. Like I'm not gonna mince words here, like like um, okay. I probably shouldn't tell this story on air. Never mind. I'll tell you this one <laughs> off air because there's there's another one. But but like I I don't mince I don't mince words. Like I'm not I'm not going to because it's like well fuck it, you know. And and I mean my thoughts are like listen I'm already in trouble. I don't trust these guys to do the right thing. So I would much rather it's kind of like the, the Zach De La Rocca thing. They I'd rather live one day as a lion than a thousand days as a lamb. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm going to go to jail, if I'm going to get my ass beat up, if I'm going to suffer pro- police brutality, I would much rather be able to say that, yeah, I told the cops to fuck off. than I just got beat up for nothing, you know, for sure. So, and again, this is like 30 years ago, guys. And you never forgot it. You never forgot no, it. Yeah. No. And, and, and I've and I've always been concerned. And the thing is, like, that's one of only a handful of incidents. And I mean, like, they kept renewing themselves over the years. So, you know, like, like let's let's just try to spin this to a positive note. Like, ladies and gentlemen, the the metal community, the music community, the musicians, we've got one of the most diverse communities of people everywhere and it's global let's love each other let's respect each other let's share open ideas and let's take care of our community 
and do what we can to support and not be silent and not put up with bullshit. And, but also let's try to be open minded enough to change your mind. Um, dude, were you a beastie boys fan? I had the, yeah, I had check your head. I had licensed to ill. I had Paul's boutique. Yeah. Okay, good. So right there, Paul's boutique, you're cool. Because Paul's okay. Boutique is like the shit, <laughs> right? Like that is the album that literally changed everything. That started so many lawsuits with sampling. That opened the floodgates for what modern music became, right? Because they did shit nobody had ever thought of then. So um, Apple TV put together, like the BC book, came, the BC Boys book came out, what, two years ago? Because um, MCA passed away 2012 mm-hmm. now, has it been? Um but so, the and when he passed away, they they ceased to do what they were doing. Oh fuck, where was this going? Because it has to do with the Beastie Boys. Oh, I know. Um, so, um, they did this great document, like spoken word kind of presentation of the book, and it's called the story of the Beastie Boys. And they had a live audience. They filmed it. You can watch it on Apple TV, and it's amazing. Right? It's amazing. So. Um, you've got Mike D and King Ad Rock are there because they're the two surviving members. And they're talking about it. And I didn't realize just how amazing of a musician uh, MCA was, you know, Adam Yock. And uh, like it, these guys were, you want to talk about art on another level. These guys were just so far ahead of their time. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they came under fire because, you know, they had a lot of songs that were objectifying women. Like, I mean, think about girls and think about fight for your right to party and, you know, the, the frat boy kind of rock. Mm-hmm. And then they did something later where it was like, you know, condemning people for objectifying women. And one of the, um, one, one of the music media called out, um, uh, ad rock for it. Adam, uh, Adam Horowitz. And they're like, you're a hypocrite. And his response, and this is, you know, and Mike D said this. He's like, it's the best response anybody could have ever given. And I completely agree with this. And it, it really, I think this frames up how we all need to live, is that he's like, I'd rather be a hypocrite than be the same person for the rest of my life. Right? Makes and sense. That's very powerful because it means that it's okay to change your uh, mind it's okay to change your ideas. Like, like what you're thinking right now may or may not be correct. It may not be who, who you are, but it's okay to change your point of view on stuff. It's okay to grow. We're supposed to grow. Yeah. I think grow is the key word there. Yeah. You know, so like, like, t- like educate yourself, grow, like get out there, talk to people. Um, you know, there, there's, there's just, there's so much that's, that's going on. I mean, it's it's so funny like i i am always nervous around police officers like my wife one of her friends is married to a police officer i hated going to their house <laughs> hated it he was a great wow. guy he's a great guy but i fucking hated it and and the thing is like because he was he was absolutely he was a cop through and through you know he's probably like five eight so you know a few inches shorter than i am but he had the cop stance the cop voice the cop stare like like all those those imposing threatening things i'm just like fuck. all right this. that would get old in a in a heartbeat I, but like, it's 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 the job like you know mm-hmm. and i and but it's like you can turn on you can turn off but like fuck <laughs> like yeah yeah i just i i hate it i mean and, and again 
he's a great guy. Never had a problem with him. He's fucking hysterical. But I just, cops just, I, I've just had so many bad interactions um, that it really takes a lot to to outweigh it, you know. So, and, and think, about, think about that. And then if you're thinking about somebody who's looting and rioting right now and be like, why are they doing that? Think about what I just said, you know, about that, how many bad interactions you've had. It takes a lot to change your mind. Mm -hmm. That's why people are rioting and looting right there, you know, so. Definitely. Yeah. 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 As you know, as much as we love family man, Cub Scout Aaron on this show, if punk rock Aaron wants to come out every once in a while like this, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the door open for him. Right, dude, it's one of those things where it's always gonna be who I am, but it has been so suppressed and beaten out of me by society, you know, and and just by all the different things that I, that I'm in, and just and like I even had a um, I, I had a coworker that I really respect and love. Like I was, I was doing like, like, like throwing the horns or something. He's like, you know, he's like, you're not that guy anymore, you know. And and, and he and he meant it. Like he he didn't mean it in a bad way. Like he he was like, you know, like like nah, man, that's not you. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, no, really, it is. Like I don't think you understand how embedded in me rock and that's roll right. really is. That's right. You know. <laughs> and uh -huh. you know, and and like I, like again and again, like this is somebody where he can say that to me and I would sit down and have conversation after conversation with him about it because I respect this man like like so few others. Like this this is a guy that has just been above board for my entire like career and times that, that I've met him. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, no, like like he he gets it. Like he's seen some shit. Um his, <laughs> his initials are MF. Um, so now that's fucking rock and roll, man. Ex exactly right, and so, and so so and that's how he used to introduce himself. Like, he's like, listen, he's like, um, you know, people talk about how trying to have a thick skin. He's like, my initials are MF. You can imagine what my childhood was, was like. I'm like, I'm like, cool, okay, you know. So, but yeah, just just like, oh man, like, I am rock and roll. I, I still I still believe in these things and just it, just watching what happened this week I'm like I don't want to be silent but I also don't know what to say that's not going to sound cheesy contrived and like e even this like if there's somebody who's listening like shut the fuck up like I'm sorry if, if that's the reaction you're getting but all I ask is that you google the articles read it and form your own opinion don't just listen to me don't just tell me to f off like do some research before you tell me to F off. If you still want to tell me to F off, facebook.com slash radmetal, radmetal666 at gmail.com, Instagram at radmetal666. Send us a tweet at radmetal666. <laughs> Here is Thursdays and scream at your computer as you listen to us on purerockradio.net. Um, <laughs> and if you're really feeling violent and you really need to get out some exit, excess energy, well then head over to the Shining Wizards Network and maybe you can new, learn some new wrestling moves with the mm -hmm. Shining Wizards, right? Because that's a great podcast. It's a network of lifestyle podcasts there, shiningwizardsnetwork.com, featuring the snowman here in another podcast. It's a wrestling night in Canada. 
Mm-hmm. So that'll help you get that out. And I feel like I've hit all of our uh, things here. Have I missed any? Pretty much. Pretty much. Of course, we want to thank our sponsors at True Cobalt Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go and check them out there. And as well, um, I'm an old school rocker. I'm an old man now. I remember the glory days of Metal Forces magazine and then later on Metal Maniacs. And those magazines had like their pen banger section where, sounds you know, dirty. we. Every time you yeah. say it, it sounds <laughs> so dirty. I say pen banger. Yeah. It sounds so yeah. dirty. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what we did back then is that was the way we communicated before there was texting email facebooking and all that bullshit we did something a little more personal a little more intimate called the snail mail and we wrote letters to one another and those letter writing was all part of the live tape and the demo tape trading and all that stuff that aaron and i we remember so very fondly so if you want to do that your cool Uncle Snowy will be more than happy to. So get a hold of us through Facebook, etc., and all that. And yeah, yeah, I'll be more than happy to communicate with you that way. We're going to go out on a positive note because with everything going on in this world, this week was kind of a downer. But today, as we're speak, as we're speaking, Aaron is today's today is. Sacrifice vocalist Rob Urbanity's birthday as we speak. And it'll always be, yeah, yeah, it'll always be a special memory of mine when I went out to the Noctis Festival in Calgary with Radioactive Metal and with the Warren Music Shop and myself and my good buddy, our good buddy, Corey Thomas, and his lovely bride, Veronica, we, I remember hanging out in the beer gardens, talking to Rob, just about everything and anything, and he was a really cool guy. And then the I planted very beer in my day. garden this year. So far, I've got a nice hop tree going. <laughs> there, there, there you go. There I'm, I'm going to work on an IPA bush. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. The next day, I had that kick-ass interview with the entire band that we aired on Radioactive Metal. So we want to wish rob a happy birthday and to get us on out of here we are going to play a song from sacrifices debut record torment in fire we'll go out with turn in your grave in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a twisted a horror episode of radioactive metal uh snowy white this is aaron Signing off.
I'll make you run and 